0: What tree am I? What a strange question to ask ourselves. But today, the text implores us to ask this question. Jesus is addressing the Pharisees here, but as is often the case when reading the words of Jesus, I can't help but see the implications and the questions for me. Am I a good tree? Am I a bad tree? Can I be both? I think if I'm honest, sometimes words have slipped out of my mouth before I realised, and then later I have regretted them. Also, kind words have come from my mouth that, I hope, have comforted others. I don't think this is what Jesus is getting at here. they will not, not at the core anyway. We will inevitably have some negative and positive words come from our mouths. We are human. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. The tongue is difficult to tame, the book of James tells us, and is even described as a fire and a restless evil. James 3.10 says, From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. So it's important how we speak, and it's important that we consider what is coming out of our mouths, so that when we say things that are positive, we know we are refreshing others, as we talked about a few weeks ago, and that we keep bad talk from our mouths. But... Once again, this is not the core of what Jesus is getting here. Jesus alludes to the perception of others, how we are seen and what fruit we bear, that if we are observed over a significant period of time, because that's how long it takes to bear fruit, our lives will tell a story. What fruit will we exhibit over the long term? As trees, will we produce good fruit from our lives and lips? Or evil. The core message of Jesus here is where is the foundation of our words, the roots of the tree, you could even consider it? Verse 35 states the good person brings good things out of good treasure, and the evil person brings evil things out of an evil treasure. I asked the question at the start of the sermon, What tree am I? I think perhaps the far more important question is, What is my treasure? What is my treasure? This is a crucial question for us as Christians. What do we treasure in this life? What do we value? Ah! Jesus wants me to be a pirate! I need to treasure my treasure! Just kidding. I hope you like that. But the question actually is very important. What is my treasure? Because... What my treasure is will dictate what type of tree I am. Good, evil, fruitful, unfruitful. Where do my words spring from? What is my treasure? Do they come from my family, my upbringing, my education, my friends, my leisure, my theology? Undoubtedly, yes, they come from all of these things. But where should my words be formed? Where should they be crafted? Whose words are ultimately good? Whose words are perfect? Whose words are uplifting, life-giving, and life-changing? The words of God are. The Scriptures, for many, are just something that we talk about at a church service when somebody talks and preaches. But throughout Scripture, we implored to treasure the words of God, to treasure the words of God. The psalmist says, I treasure your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. When God's words are our treasure, we can be assured that the fruit we will bear will be good. It cannot help but be good because God is good. His words are good. And the words of Scripture, the beautiful words of Scripture, need to be the place that we go for the right direction, encouragement, for peace, And for guidance. We are people of the book. When we treasure scripture, when it is the well that we draw from, where our words are crafted from it, when it's the place we go to for help, our words will be good and fruitful. We'll find ourselves quoting scripture in conversations and passages will come to memory when we're faced with difficulty, with problems. When the day of judgment comes, we are warned in this passage that we will give an account for our careless words. And my conviction is that less careless words will come from my mouth if I treasure God's word first, if I allow that to be the place where all my words are coming from and crafted. The last verse in this passage says that we will be justified by our words, and by our words we will be condemned. And justification here should not be interpreted in the same sense as in saving faith justification, but more so in the sense that when we are judged and that day comes, our words will be proof of what we have treasured, what we have held deep down in our hearts. I know that as I say this, that this could all sound just a little bit existential. There are good philosophical ideas here that we can probably eh, forget after this service is over. And If I'm being practical, what does treasuring God's words actually mean then? What does it mean to treasure God's words? Are you going to tell me, Dale, that I need to read my Bible more? I already know that, and I possibly feel guilty that I don't read it as much as I should, or that I only pick it up occasionally. Come on, Dale, give me something else. So I will. Yes, we need to read our Bibles. Of course we need to read our Bibles, but that shouldn't be legalistic for us. But more than reading our Bibles, we need to go beyond thinking that our Bibles are all that we need to treasure the words of God. It's actually much more than this. It's immersing ourselves in conversation with others about faith, about Scripture, just like the Bereans did in the book of Acts when they studied and sought the Scriptures together. It's not about an isolated relationship of just sitting down and reading a book by yourself, but it's being with others knowing the Bible with others, living the words of God with others. It is to be engaged together. Just as Stuart talked earlier about the church not being a part of a building, knowing the words of God is not just reading from a book. For many of us, the easiest way to do this is with Christian friends or family. We could read through a book of the Bible together or a devotional. It doesn't matter how long these things take. We don't have to put complete time frames on them. Fruit takes time to grow Remember, fruit takes time to grow. Another way is we could join one of the Bible studies that the church already offers. We need to know we are not in this alone. Our faith is not to be done alone. If there are any lessons to learn from the last few months of COVID life, it's that the church is not a building. Faith is not static. It's not things you do alone. Is it, it is its people And we can treasure the Scriptures together as a people. And I said a few weeks ago when I spoke that perhaps now is the time for our faith to take new steps, maybe drastic steps for some of us. Let me encourage us again as a church that this is the time to take the next step in your faith and trust in God. Let us treasure the words of God together. Amen.